Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome, Auburn, into this Wednesday edition of Sports Call Live on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. My name is Ryan LaVoy, and I've got Brent Daughtry and Tom Peavy with me on the show today. You were just listening to Auburn softball lose 2-1 to one in Atlanta to Georgia Tech. That is why we are coming on the air about a half hour later than usual. I was looking forward to trying to wait it out a little bit longer if Auburn could get that to extra innings, but unfortunately they did not. They lose for the third time this year and not the ideal way to go into a series in Athens this weekend, the first SEC series on deck for the Auburn Tigers. But again, Ryan, Tom, and Brent with you here today. At 4.30, we will have Brian Matthews on the program to talk a little bit about the SEC basketball tournament. It gets underway tonight. Of course, for Auburn, it gets underway tomorrow. Also talk Auburn baseball as the Tigers with another win last night against UAB 4-1. to And so got to talk all things Auburn baseball and basketball with Brian Matthews. As always, we'll still have birthdays and sports and a nightly TV guide today. And we will talk about anything that you want to on the Auburn Bank phone line at 334-887-341 locally or toll-free 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Again, Ryan, Brant, and Tom on the show today. Brant, how are you doing today, sir? I'm good, man. I'd be better if Auburn softball was able to pull out a win, but you know, not everything can go your way. Just a, a really interesting pitcher's duel there that we were following before the show came on. And, uh, you know, all credit to Matty Penta and Shelby Lowe didn't, you know, they only gave up two runs. And two runs usually is enough to get you a win, especially with the lineup that Auburn has. But uh, a fantastic job by Georgia Tech's pitcher. I can't pitchers. I can't remember their names, but uh, you know they more or less shut Auburn down except for one inning. And uh, it was just a a really hard fought game, and so you don't always come out on top of those. So uh, other than that, I'm doing pretty good. Big win for Auburn baseball, and a a big one tomorrow for Auburn basketball. And I'm sure that will be uh, what we talk about most today. Tom PV also on the show today. Tom, how are you doing? I'm I'm doing well, and uh, yeah, disappointing for uh, Auburn softball there losing that one in the walk off fashion. But uh, a lot of other stuff to talk about. Baseball with a big win uh, last night over UAB. Who I said I thought UAB was going to win that one, and I was wrong. So I was happy to be wrong about that. But uh, yeah, glad to be here, ready to get going. Yeah, last night uh, was a swift one uh, if you attended that game at uh, Plainsman Park. It was a two-hour and 13-minute game in which Auburn defeated UAB. I was actually looking at some of the numbers, and uh, that was actually ripe for Auburn to have a great pitching game. UAB has not hit the ball well at all this year. I know Casey Dunn's reputation says something differently, but uh, they had no one entering play last night with an average above 290, and they had several people in their uh, lineup hitting in the 100s. So, uh, Auburn no hit the Blazers for quite some time. I think the first hit uh, was in the eighth inning. Tyler Waugh, who uh, 
I'm saying that full name from UAB simply because he went to Briarwood Christian High School. He was the one that uh, got the first hit for UAB in the eighth. But Auburn pitching staff was uh, was incredible uh, throughout the game and uh, was was very much needed after. You know the the staff has has been a little shorthanded because of injury. Also, just had trying a few guys that have maybe not uh, not had the best starts to their Auburn career. Uh, is even though Auburn lost last year, maybe their most notable players were hitters. They lost more depth out of their pitching staff. They lost a, a handful or two uh, of arms. So watching them pitch this year has been maybe more noteworthy than the hitting, even even though the hitting has been uh, incredibly fun to watch. Bryson Ware homered again last night, and so uh, Tigers baseball has uh, continued to hit the ball, that's for sure. Uh, they have another one tonight at Jacksonville State, then they have three against Southeastern Louisiana. Southeastern Louisiana is the team uh, that was the, the low seed uh, back in the Auburn Regional last year. That was the 1-4 matchup, if you recall, Auburn hit. Uh, 1.3 million home runs uh, essentially in that game against Southeast Louisiana. So that's uh, who Auburn has this weekend. Uh, it is tournament time, uh, conference tournament time across college basketball. I've been following these throughout the day as we continue to get more automatic bids. Some of the big conferences now getting underway. Uh, we've seen an ACC tournament be pretty dramatic earlier today. Syracuse losing essentially at the buzzer to Wake Forest. Maybe the uh, last game of the uh, of the career of Jim Beheim. Uh, there are now murmurs that uh, Grandpa Beheim might be finally retiring. Uh, we will see about that. The uh, the next game in the ACC has been a close one uh, involving Georgia Tech and Pittsburgh. Although it looks like Pittsburgh will finish off the Yellow Jackets here in the closing moments, but uh, that time of year now where, where the sense of urgency is high because no matter how bad you stunk during the regular season. Your season is not over until you lose in the conference tournament, and every now and then you get one of these, uh, one of these. I, I don't want to call them Cinderellas because they're still in big conferences, but you get one of these big upset bids from a team that still would not make the NCAA tournament unless they win the conference tournament, and then boom, they go and do that. And Brent, you were uh, talking with me earlier today about this being the anniversary of the tornado game in Atlanta. Yeah. That was a conference tournament won by Georgia that again would have had no business being in the NCAA tournament but they ran the table and so this time of year you get a lot of craziness and uh, that has now uh, been fully engaged today as well yeah 15 years ago today a tornado hit the Georgia Dome while uh, Mississippi State and Alabama were in an overtime game uh, so I, I had no memory of that happening and you know you and I got to talking about it thank goodness that it was it did go into overtime so people didn't try and leave the dome uh, and just walk right out into into what would have been bad weather but yeah it, it's it's bid stealing season you know and it's good that auburn got a win over tennessee so that you don't have to worry about bid stealers uh, but also man let, let, let's talk a little bit about the sec tournament and auburn's draw i mean this is pretty it's a pretty brutal draw to get arkansas and if you beat arkansas you got to go to texas a&m and then you're in the semifinals which is not going to be easy um just a just an insane draw for Auburn here. I, I saw something that the last couple of ten seeds in the SEC tournament have been somewhere in the sixties or seventies in net uh, for the past decade or so, uh, and Arkansas is like twentieth, nineteenth. Yeah. So yeah, the the highest ranked in the net, uh, the highest ranked ten seed in a very long time, and 
Arkansas is no slouch for a 10 seed for sure. Yeah, Arkansas, you know, that set is pretty amazing. I, the net's been weird to me this year. Uh, Steve brought up yesterday's show about Arkansas's net being 19, which uh, I don't value Arkansas as the 19th best team in the country by seeding they're the 10th best team in the SEC. Uh, and so <laughs> I, I, I don't know how uh, the net ended up so favorable uh, for them this year, being an 18 or 19 win team. But – Nevertheless, a team that's still clearly one of the most talented teams in the league, even though they have not figured it out this year. Uh, the path for Auburn, as Brent just alluded to, got Arkansas Thursday night. Uh, they would play Texas A&M on the Friday day. Uh, how do you guys feel about Texas A&M versus some of the other options here? Obviously, uh, you could have run into Alabama, but Auburn played Alabama incredibly tough, albeit Alabama uh, the best team in the conference. You have Missouri, Missouri as the four seed, a team that Auburn uh, thumped good in Neville Arena. You got a team in Kentucky that thumped Auburn good uh, at Rupp Arena as the three seed. So where does A&M kind of fall on that spectrum for you, a team that is the two seed but a team that has played Auburn twice and, and, and beaten Auburn twice? It's interesting to me because I feel like Auburn, Auburn is 0-2 two, oh two against Texas A&M. Could very easily be 2-0. and oh. Uh, Auburn had a chance in both of the. Well, hold on. Uh, the one here, the one, the one here, here was a pretty good. Yeah, pretty yeah, good yeah. You're right, they, beat, you're right. they beat Auburn pretty good. Here. Yeah. Well, okay. So it very easily could be one and one. Uh, I think Auburn deserved to win the game that took place in College Station. And excuse my flub there, but uh, I, I, I don't know. I feel like Auburn is good enough to beat Texas A&M. Though I think they're good enough to beat anybody in this conference. I think when they went to Tuscaloosa and took Alabama to overtime, they showed that they are good enough to beat anybody in this conference when they're playing at their best. And right now, over the past couple of games, we have seen them at their best and how good they can be. It's a matter of how long can they keep it going. So I, I think that I think it would be great to get a win over Texas A&M. I think you exercise some demons by getting a win over Texas A&M. Uh, but, of course, I mean, not, not to overlook Arkansas. Like we touched on, they're really good. And Nick Smith, uh, Auburn handled Arkansas pretty well in Neville Arena earlier this year. Both of these teams are very different right now. The most notable change is that Arkansas has Nick Smith, who's probably going to be a lottery pick this year. And I, I think I saw their three-point percentage was at about 31% for most of the season. Since Smith came back from injury, they're closer to 40. Uh, but Auburn is also closer to 40 over the last week and a half. So you never know. You never know. Both of these teams are very different. I, I think we can throw that first matchup out the window. Yeah, uh, this team – I guess both teams trending in the right direction shooting-wise. Arkansas is still overall on the year around 300th in three-point percentage. They shoot, I think it was, what, the 24th most free throws uh, per game, but their percentage is still only in the 200, so they are uh, they are not a very good three free-throw shooting team either. Um, this is a team that is very good when they get towards the rim. They draw a lot of fouls. Uh, that is where they make their hay. And, of course, we always look through the brackets uh, to try and plan out an escape path or a, a incredible run. But, of course, Auburn does have to get the first one against Arkansas. And I think it's going to be very interesting to happen on a neutral floor. Uh, believe it or not, I think Arkansas shot about 30 or so free throws in Neville Arena, and they were still a lot of jawing at the refs, chippiness. Yeah. Uh, Wendell Green Jr. saying yesterday, we do not like Arkansas. I think that sentiment is felt by a lot of the, the teams that play Arkansas frequently. Um, you know, that it is going to be, I, I anticipate, a, a chippy matchup, but 
Again, Tom, the draw as a whole for you, if Auburn can get past Arkansas, what do you see down the line for the Tigers? How does this compare to some of the other situations that Auburn could have had? Uh, not good for Auburn uh, is is my thought on that. I, I think Auburn can get past Arkansas. Uh, I mean, they, they've already shown that they, they – they can beat them and i mean auburn plays really good defense if they can play that type of defense that we've that they've been playing and that we've seen and the type of defense they played against arkansas earlier in the season uh auburn can win that game now auburn i i said this on yesterday's show auburn is kind of one of those right now prove it to me that you can win away from neville arena uh they have not won outside of neville arena since january the 21st when they they won at south carolina so they've got to show that they can win in a different building um i but they can get past arkansas but i'm not really sure that auburn can get past texas a&m i I think texas a&m just has auburn's number um they're just they're just a better team uh it would be a big upset if auburn were to knock a&m off so that would be tough but let's just let's just say that they do uh get past a&m most likely you're going to be looking at, at another uh, game against Kentucky, and it's a Kentucky team that beat the absolute breaks off of Auburn. So uh, Auburn's path to try to get to a, an SEC title game is very, very difficult, to say the least. Um, the top of that bracket, you know, when you look at, uh, at for instance, Alabama, it feels like Alabama's path to a, to a title game is a lot smoother um, you know, when you're looking at Auburn, you're having to go up against it, at least Texas A&M and Kentucky in all likelihood, barring just some craziness. But, um, you know, but that's kind of the situation with Auburn's season that it kind of put them in with it, with some of the struggles that they've had. Um, it, it put them in that seven seed spot. So uh, you're just going to have to battle through it. But uh, you, you can't. You can't get to you can't get to Texas A and M until you get past Arkansas. So that's got to be the focus there. And like I said, play, they got to play the type of defense they played against them the first time around. And, and I think they have a good chance. Let's take our one commercial break here of hour number one. When we come back, a little more college basketball. I want to tell you about the Ole Miss Rebels and the news uh, they are potentially making today. That and more coming up next. Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. If you are currently driving in a four-door sedan, roll up the windows and turn up the radio. We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. This is Philip Lolly, former Auburn Tigers football assistant coach for the 2010 National Championship team, and you are listening to Sports Call. Welcome back to Sports Call on this Wednesday, Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Brant Daughtry, Tom Peavy with you here. This abbreviated first hour comes to close in just a few minutes. But uh, some news coming out in college basketball today, some reporting done uh, about the Ole Miss Rebels. The Rebels 
in action. They're in the first game tonight in the SEC tournament in Nashville. They'll take on South Carolina at around 6 o'clock on the SEC network. But Ole Miss is currently the only SEC school to not have a head basketball coach. They fired Kermit Davis a couple weeks ago, as a matter of fact, right after the Auburn game. And they have been in a search for a head coach, and they are moving very quickly. And reporting done today suggests that they are in serious conversations with Chris Beard uh, to bring him in as Ole Miss's next head coach. There are two clear uh, conversations to be had here. One is the conversation of is this too soon uh, after his dismissal from Texas. Of course, that part of it is that charges were dropped, but they were pretty serious allegations. The second part of it is the basketball side of things, and that is Chris Beard is a hell of a basketball coach and uh, could be a huge get on the basketball floor for Ole Miss, uh, given that Beard has had success at was was doing a great job at Texas in a brief time, but also done a really good job at Texas Tech. Of course, uh, Texas Tech is who Auburn could have played in the national championship game back in 2019, and ultimately Virginia uh, got to go and do that. But um, Beard has had success as a college coach, so uh, when you think of this for Ole Miss, uh, the potential controversy here, but also Beard's acumen as a coach, uh, just, just what do you make of these conversations had by Ole Miss? Uh, I mean, uh, Ole Miss shooting for the stars is, is what that seems like to me. Um, and, and I mean, in this day and age, in, in SEC basketball, you're going to have to do that if you want to get up there and compete with uh, the the Kentuckys and and the Auburns and, and you know, and right now Alabama and Texas A&M. If you want to get up there, you're going to have to bring a guy in that's got that name recognition that can start recruiting and recruiting at a high level, and uh, and Chris Beard can do that. Now, the allegations against him um, were, yeah, they were very bad, but those charges were dropped, which, you know, that frees him up. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're Ole Miss, obviously you're going to have to do some vetting on that and find out, you know, more about what all went on with that and, and you know, what the – actual deal was was with that because i mean uh, you know if he if he's this soon it's you know a cloud over his head is one thing but like actual uh definitive proof that he did something you know other than that i mean you, you can bring a guy in with a cloud over his head that's one thing um but somebody that you have definitive proof has, has done something bad then you can't but i'm sure they're vetting it and seeing what's going to go on there but uh if he agrees that with Ole Miss that's a good get for them it's a good hire uh, from a basketball perspective I agree I think Chris Beard's a, a hell of a coach he was I think what Texas was number four in the country when he got fired earlier this year and they're still a top 20 team I, I think they're still doing pretty good so uh, absolutely from a basketball perspective it would certainly put Ole Miss ahead of where they have been it's certainly an upgrade for them no offense to Kermit Davis but Chris Beard is, is just has a better track record um the allegations against him, um, yes, the charges were dropped, but there's still like his his wife was pretty messed up, and she said he did it. Now she has dropped the charges. There's nothing criminal going on, um, and and Ole Miss has to decide if they want to take that chance. <laughs> if if that's the the image that they want to present, fine. Um, I would not want any part of it personally. Um, I, I I know winning is everything, and if he starts winning and he keeps his nose clean, everything will be fine. But just it, it doesn't sit right with me personally, um, because yeah, some something happened. 
something very definitely happened, even if he's not going to prison for it. Um, Does timing matter at all? If this had been a couple of years later where the charges had been dropped a couple of years ago, nothing else had, had come out, would that have made a difference? I, 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 yeah. I think possibly. Yeah. I, like right now, like I said, that dark cloud is over his, over his head because it is so very recent. You, you give a guy time. Let's use the Hugh Freeze thing, for example. You know, right after that stuff happened at Ole Miss, unhirable by most folks' thoughts. He spends time away from it at Liberty. It seems like he's keeping his nose clean and everything's going fine. And then, you know, he becomes hireable again. Uh, you know, so, yeah, time uh, – I hate to say time heals wounds. That sounds so weird and cliche. But time away from uh, – the spotlight, I guess, you know, you can revamp yourself. But, I mean, when it's, you know, with Chris Beard's deal, you know, this soon after the allegations and all against him, uh, yeah, pretty pretty rough since it's still fresh in everybody's heads. Yeah. And, you know, if he had kept – if he keeps his nose – this because this is the only thing that's ever come out against him, right? Like, I haven't gone super deep into this, but Chris Beard has never been a controversial figure before this. I mm. – I don't know. It's it's a it's a really tough situation for reasons outside of basketball, right? And that's the type of thing that you hate to have to talk about because. But the fact is, like, this is a conversation that needs to be had. How much are you willing to sacrifice for a chance at winning? Food for thought there as Ole Miss looks to be zeroing in on Chris Beard. They are obviously going through all the checks. I think the biggest thing is they need to. Make sure every investigation there is over with. They need to try and get to a little bit of the bottom of it themselves. And, uh, again, I, I think that that's why I asked the timing part of it. I'm not sure that everything is complete set in stone, that everyone is completely done with that. Uh, maybe they are. Uh, but, again, not uh, not very long ago uh, was Chris Beard just fired at Texas. And then a couple months later now, it looks like he's headed towards the old Miss job. We'll let you know if that becomes official. Out of time for hour number one. We come back in hour number two. We'll go to the Auburn Bank phone line. And again, at 4.30, Brian Matthews will join us to talk Auburn basketball and Auburn baseball. You're listening to the Wednesday edition of Sports Call. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Hour number two starting right now on Sports Call on this Wednesday. Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, and Brent Dontry with you here. Hour number two going to be full of fun on the Auburn Bank phone line coming up at 4.30. Brian Matthews will preview the Auburn and Arkansas game as well as the SEC term as a whole 
And uh, a little bit about Auburn baseball as they are off to a now 10-1-1 start. And, of course, all of your phone calls on the Auburn Bank phone line at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Let's go back to the Auburn Bank phone line. First up in hour number two. Snake from Pulaski County. Snake joins us. Snake, how are you doing? Doing good. You know, this game didn't mean that much to Arkansas. We're an 18 net. We're automatically in. It means everything to Auburn because they're not in. They've got to win this game to just stay alive. If they lose, the most they could hope for would be a play-in game against Penn State. More likely than that, they'll end up in New York. I don't think Bruce Pearl would mind. He gets to wear his nice suits. I haven't seen him wear them for a while. But this game, we're, we're going to have our three five-star, three five-star recruits starting the game, Smith, Black, and Walsh, along with Devo, and along with Council, along with all our other good players. I don't think it's going to be easy. We don't need to win it, but but we probably will. And that's going to be bad news for all. Here's the problem with Auburn, a weak non-conference schedule. That's the reason they don't have the net that they need. The same schedule maker that uh, schedules football must schedule basketball. And the football schedulers scheduled Mercer this year in San Jose State. I didn't even know Mercer played football. And Arkansas scheduled Liberty and lost to him. We scheduled BYU. And, Auburn, uh, Auburn, and schedule, Auburn, Auburn scheduled Penn State. And Auburn is projected well, as a nine seed in the NCAA tournament right now. Yeah, Auburn, regardless of what happens in the SEC tournament. Yes, Snake, if they lose in this game. Snake, Auburn is solidly in the NCAA tournament. The, this game will not affect that. Auburn is solidly into the NCAA tournament. My sources say they're just looking at a playing game against Penn State. Well, your Monday. sources are wrong. Yeah. I mean, all, all projections have Auburn – the win over Tennessee uh, pretty much secured Auburn into the NCAA tournament. So, they're, they're going to be – net, though? 32. Uh, uh, 30, 32. Net 32. 32. Right. Okay, you've got, you got to have 30 to get in. I mean, you that's know – That's not how that works. Uh, no, that's, yeah, that's yeah. not how that, that works at all. That, 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 that plays a large part of the equation. Sure, it plays part of and it, but, that, but that's not the, the end-all, be-all. So, you know, I just think a lot's riding for Auburn on this, not much for Arkansas. Although I say we would like, you know, we would like to win it. Uh, but, you know, it um, should be a good game. That um, I don't see, we've got three five-star recruits starting. Who else in the country can do that? Anyway, um, I saw where um, Brandon Miller was um, – Selected as Player of the Year and Freshman of the Year in the SEC. Yes, he was. Yep. Now, I'm just wondering about the prosecuting attorney and the Tuscaloosa County prosecuting attorney said that he couldn't find anything to charge him with. Did you read that quote? Yes, we we did see that. Yep. Have they taken the term accomplice out of the Alabama criminal code? An accomplice is a person that aids, abets, encourages, does anything to promote the facilitation of a crime. So, uh, so one of the things with that is, is uh, in at least in Alabama law, is intent. 
in, in order to be charged with those types of crimes, you they have to be able to prove intent. And what they're saying is that in, in that case, that intent was not there. Where did this prosecutor go to law school? Alabama. Like <laughs> like every other prosecutor in Alabama. The, right. Yeah. Well, not every not not every other one, but I just ninety nine out of hundred around around Alabama. Where, if you're Birmingham, in, Birmingham, yeah. wait, where 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 is Birmingham and all this? Not a peep, not a peep. Had it been any other state, they would have hung him out to dry. Absolutely. But in in Alabama, I mean, I know, I realize things are different. The laws are different. The rules are different. But it doesn't seem fair in this circumstance for you know this to happen what the, what's your response to that yeah well i think that regardless of the the legality of it i think everyone agrees uh that there should have been some sort of uh punishment from the team at the very minimum just because something is uh deemed to be you know not illegal does not mean that you did not break any team rules or, or do not have some sort of misconduct situation there and and making the decision he did uh is still uh seems to be a punishable uh punishable offense in some form or fashion so um you know a lot of people getting or were getting into the the legal aspect of it but but even at the at the team level i mean it, it's still not something that I don't see how you don't break a team rule by by having a, a gun in your car at one something in the morning and then showing up downtown and then that ultimately, uh, whether intended or not, becoming a crime scene. I, I, I don't I don't see how that does not break a single team rule. Maybe that's why Nate Oates didn't even get a whiff for Coach of the Year. Uh, if he bungles one more press conference, he's going to have to be censored. I mean, he's come out and said some things that it was a bad situation, a tragic situation. Everyone realizes that. But he said things that didn't need to be said. And in my opinion, were detrimental to the um, situation. Yeah, so, he, he continued to make, make things worse there every, every time he spoke, essentially. Yeah. Well, anyway, we're... You know, looking forward to the game tomorrow, uh, you know, 6 p.m. tip-off. And um, I disagree with you on Auburn being a lock. I mean, I just don't see how you, with a 32 net, how you're coming up with that. Well, Snake, because Snake, it's not all about the net. I'll give you an example. Do you think Miami's in the NCAA tournament? Because they're only 30, uh, 35 in the net, and they're a top 25 team in all the polls. That's not everything. Well, I think it can be the determining factor. Yeah, I, I mean, what it, we don't. they're going to look at it, but, I, I mean, I'm telling you, it, 32 is, is still a solid net. There are teams that are absolutely making the tournament that are below 32 in the net, and uh, Auburn absolutely needed that Tennessee game. You would be exactly right on Auburn's situation. They would be right on the bubble looking at first four if they had not won that game, but winning that game – solidified their spot well so you're saying the game doesn't mean anything to either team 
I mean, I, I still think you you, you going you out there win. and playing the game yeah. and right. freaking matters. They're playing in an SEC tournament, and I know it's still far fetched for one of these teams to to win the whole tournament. But you still want you still want to give it a go and, and win as much as possible. It, it can't it can't hurt to win. Uh, it's still a, a very fun thing to win and advance throughout the tournament. So I, I would still say baseline it means something just as you try and play for an SEC championship, but. As far as the tournament, the NCAA tournament is concerned, I, I believe both teams are, are solidly in, and I, I do not think that a loss impacts them falling out of the tournament. One last thing. What's the uh, buzz about Walker White signing or indicating he's going to sign? The quarterback from Little Rock Christian. Yeah, he, he's a he's a big time recruit. Fans are excited. Uh, Hugh Freeze is excited. Um, I I don't know anything about him other than he's a big time quarterback recruit, yeah. and you need quarterbacks. So and the the buzz is that fans are excited, but still waiting for him to get on campus yeah. before we decide anything. He, he's he has also been actively recruiting other people um, on social media. I've seen him several times uh, on social media where he's trying to encourage guys to come to Auburn with him. So. Yeah, seems like he's he hasn't officially signed, but it seems like he's pretty much on board unless something crazy happens. Yeah, he he comes from a great family. Uh, his brother John David White played for the Razorbacks, of course, and um, all, all his other family members, cousins, and brothers, and everything else were Razorbacks. Um, so I think the Razorbacks are probably still active, actively recruiting. I've, I've seen him play three or four times, and he's a he's a big. Big body, I'll say that. Yeah, yeah. And, and a strong arm. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, and we'll see how the game comes out. Yes, sir. We appreciate the phone call, Snake. Good to hear from you. That right. is okay. Bye. That is Snake from Pulaski County joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Appreciate Snake for calling in prior to the Auburn and Arkansas game. Uh, the Razorbacks and the Tigers getting set for a matchup in a little over 24 hours from now in Nashville. That'll be the 7-10 matchup in the SEC tournament, six o'clock tomorrow night let's go right back to the auburn bank phone line next up on the show today ward damn steve retired ward damn steve joins us steve how are you doing good good gentlemen thanks for asking um it's you and it's tom and brent is that right yes sir all right well in the words that you already mentioned of our pre again of mr Wonder green jr we don't like arkansas <laughs> that's right now uh there's a trend here you guys kind of alluded to it that i uh, just want to uh, emphasize again, you know, we have been less than stellar at the three-point. In fact, I've been known uh, most reasons to, to, to yell at the TV. They don't listen to me. Don't do it. Don't do it. But, however, uh, I'm uh, surprised to see these uh, stats right here, guys. I don't know if you've seen it, but we actually have improved the last five games to about 39% from the three-point line. Right. That has been a big, a big talking point this week is uh, they have taken a higher quality of threes. They, they are not yeah. rushing to do the step-back jumpers that, that Wendell and KD and, and Flanagan at times get a little too content to do, uh, and they're taking much better threes. Now, I'm not opposed to one of those as a heat check if you made a couple, but the difference in early in the year and now is early in the year, that would be the first three of the night would be a step-back three. Well, now it's the, the third or fourth or fifth three after you've already made a couple, so their shot selection has been better. Yeah, 39.4% according uh, to uh, Nathan King's um, report here. And the three best three-point shooters are Katie Johnson in the past five games. He's 57.1%, 8 of 14. 
Small sample Alan size, Flanagan. but yeah, he's been hot. Yeah. Alan Flanagan is 46.7%, 7 out of 15. And Janai Broom is 41.7%, it's 5 out of 12. And Trey Donaldson is at 40%, 2 out of 5. I know there's a lot, a lot, but it seems like they're being a bit maybe more selective. Yeah, that, that's what we were just talking about with the with the shot selection, and uh, and sometimes it's contagious. Uh, it can really go that way. I feel like when things are going bad, everyone presses a little too much and just can't get anything to go. It, it kind of wears on a team, and then it can work the other way. Every one or two guys start making them, then they all start to seem to go in, and uh, that's the momentum behind their jump sh- jump shooting right now. Yeah. Uh- Real, real quickly, I know you got uh, someone coming on. Uh, uh, Brian Matthews at four thirty. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm thinking just from my own perspective that uh, you know the SEC slogan is you know it just means more. Right. Um, I'm I'm thinking they need to re uh, word that slogan to winning just means more and character just means less. And um, Brett, I'm with you, sir. Uh, this Chris Beard, uh, to me, is really, really uh, a, a not savory um, kind of hire if they do end up hiring him. Now, why do I say that? Not my opinion, but before I retired, uh, you guys, I know I've told you, uh, for 40 years I worked as a uh, licensed professional counselor, and I, I worked with uh, people who have been uh, you know, victims of uh, physical and domestic abuse. And it was not uncommon for these people, primarily they were women, who would uh, then retract their initial statements to police. Why? Because, A, they were still in love with that person. They didn't want to see them get incarcerated. And so they would then change their statements. Now, I bring that up because that's exactly what Miss Randy True has done. That's her name. Uh, she did call the police, and I'm reading here from the statements, uh, and she uh, told the police that there was a struggle between her and Beard, and that uh, apparently uh, what he he did, uh, you know, in fact, these are her words, that he choked me, threw me off the bed, bit me, bruises all over my leg, throw me around, and going nuts. This was in the affidavit and the police report. Now, she later on, I think a few days later, maybe the next day, uh, and she said she called 911 because she just did not feel safe. But then later retracted and said she, uh, you know, regressed that she uh, didn't say those things really to the police at all. Uh, that in fact, uh, he was defending himself. So I was struck by that because uh, it's not uncommon. Uh, in fact, I had it said to me quite often uh, when I was treating these people that, you know, they still were defending the abuser. Now, I say that because if well, one of these people is lying, either she's lying, which I suspect is what has happened, or the police were lying in their report. Now, if police were lying, then I would say that uh, the district attorney there, who apparently dropped the charges, would be then investigating the police report and the policeman who made the report, because then they fabricated something, Right. Yeah, I guess so. No, no, I know so. Okay? Uh, they would be in hot water. And we also have some evidence from the medical examination uh, that she had some bite marks on her legs, guys. Now, it's hard to bite yourself in that area. 
Sure. Unless maybe she's like Miss uh, uh, Suni Lee. So I, uh, I, I'm curious to see what kind of vetting will be done uh, by Ole Miss and maybe the SEC office. But this just seems really like this guy is uh, not someone who can be trusted to be uh, you know, honest and, and, uh, and candid. And you've got his being terminated just in January, right, by Texas. Right, very recent. Yeah, this is not like Bruce Pearl being let go, uh, and he's has a show cause, and he can't be hired by anybody or someone, or even uh, uh, with a, a Coach Freeze. At least Coach Freeze hadn't been um, alleged to assault anyone. But how do you hire someone like this, guys? Yeah, I mean, look, they they obviously want to win. I mean, that's that's the obvious answer. Uh, they have not done. And you can't do it any other way. I mean, I'm, there's other people out there, but obviously Beard's uh, on-the-court resume is, is going to be hard to match if you're Ole Miss, and uh, that, that's, that's why they're doing what they're doing. And that's okay. Didn't say it was yeah, okay. We, we never um, said that. Yep. Nobody but, uh, on this program said that. They are, okay. Uh, we'll, we'll, see what they're, we'll see if it ends up going through or not. Again, they have not made that hire. That is just the favorite. They are vetting him, and, and we will see how that plays out. Well, it doesn't end there. Now, I've also read on 2.7 some bloggers are saying that apparently another misfit uh, is being considered by Ole Miss. Who do you think that might be? No idea. Will Wade. Well, yeah. Well, Will Wade's biggest offense is paying players, and that's, one, legal now, and, and two, it's been going on for a long time. I, 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 I don't. I'm not the biggest fan of Will Wade, but he is a good coach, and the worst he's ever done is give players money. Certainly not on par with beating d- your wife. domestic abuse, yeah. No, no, it's not. But again, I say, you know, wow. So we just go from uh, bad character to more bad character. All right. Um, uh, and it's just, it just astounds me. Uh, real quickly, guys, uh, I saw here an article. And I don't know if you've come across it yet, uh, but it involves – the NCAA apparently reconsidering a uh, team uh, because of some circumstances of possibly maybe being on the bubble and being reconsidered to maybe be allowed to get into the NCAA tournament. And that team is who? Rutgers. Have you read that article? I have not. It's by John Vaccaro. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Is he a sports journalist? Uh, I do not know that name. Okay, uh, something called Bro Bible. I've never heard of them. So the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee will reportedly take circumstances of one bubble team's loss under consideration. And do you know what happened with uh, Rutgers and Ohio State? Uh, not, not off the top of my head. Neither do I. All I read here is that apparently uh, Rutgers, uh, according to Rutgers reporter, the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee uh, will take the Big Ten saying the Rutgers should have won their game against Ohio State in December to consideration because apparently uh, the winning shot should not have counted. Yeah, this is not ringing a bell. Okay, I, I didn't know what had happened. I know you guys knew anything about what happened. He said uh, Rutgers should have won uh, have been a quad one victory. So I don't know, but they said that a big, a big Ten officials said the winning shot should not have counted by Ohio State. I said, wow. So uh, then the writer brings up, well, if you can do that, then the University of New Mexico um, maybe should be considered as well because they had a chance, apparently, for the writer to win in double overtime 
but a flagrant foul with 14 seconds left of the game uh, was apparently not called. Do you know anything about that one? I, I, I do not, and uh, I mean, again, I, I don't want that. That might be more subjective too. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. All right. Uh, then uh, moving on, guys. About uh, tomorrow night's game. Uh, I'm I'm not really concerned about it. I I think we have a legitimate chance of beating Arkansas, and uh, I think our team is really very very motivated. Especially seeing and hearing the video clip with Janai Broom, uh, and also with uh, uh, Mr. Wendell Green. Uh, I, I think they want this game, and uh, I'm not sure yet who Vegas is favoring. Uh, you guys have any uh, take on that? Who do you think might be favored? I think it's pretty close to a pick. So, I, I don't have the numbers, but I would guess Arkansas by one or two at the most. So yesterday, remember I told you I, I thought it'd be Auburn by by one or two. Uh, I've right. got I've got on here uh, a on ESPN app Auburn favored by one is what is on my app right now. But either way, well, it and pretty I, much pick it. Yeah, exactly. And that that's what I said yesterday. And if it flipped to even in the next twenty four hours, that would not shock me either. It is very very tight. Yeah. All right. Uh, real quickly, guys, uh, there's a report, but I, I know we don't have time. Now, uh, I want to discuss to you tomorrow about the uh, minor league uh, baseball players and how appalling their salaries are and how the state of Florida apparently has tried to really, really screw them over. Uh, I don't know if you guys have read about it. Uh, I just came across it from uh, ESPN. But uh, anyway, uh, last night's game was a good, uh, a good win. Uh, it was a bit of an offensive struggle. But today's loss by softball team, I was watching it. That was a tough loss. Uh, um, I, it was, to me, uncharacteristic to, to see Shelby Lowe, you know, the game like that, you know, it'd be a home run loss. Uh, what do you think is going on with Shelby, guys? Yeah, I mean, obviously a couple of uh, bad outings in a row. Uh, I, but I, I would not place the loss on pitching today. I, Auburn did not do enough at the plate. Uh, they entered today one of the most potent offenses in the country. Oh yeah, they were striking uh, and, out everywhere. Right, and they also had a, a base running error where where the third base coach Eugene Linty uh, sent a runner home in the sixth inning when that runner was touching third, essentially as the third baseman fielded the ball to throw home, which was not a good decision to be uh, sending someone home. There was out by a, a, a good amount, so they, they they made plenty of errors at the plate, and uh, they, I, it should not have been that close of a game. No, we had two people on base in the bottom, uh, in the top of the uh, ninth inning. I mean, the top seventh inning. Yep, and they threatened in the seventh, causing a Georgia Tech pitching change. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys for uh, my time, as always. Uh, you always appreciate it for all the hard work you do. I look forward to hearing Mr. Brian Matthews' comments. So uh, have a relaxing afternoon, and uh, until tomorrow, guys, War Eagle always. War Eagle, Steve. Appreciate the phone call, as always. We do need to take that next time out because we will have Brian Matthews on the other side of this break to talk Auburn basketball in the SEC tournament where they might stand with the NCAA tournament and also some Auburn baseball as well. You're listening to the Wednesday edition of Sports Call. Want to call into the show? Send us your thoughts via email. 
You've got mail. Sports call at the tiger.fm. Now back to the multi-time Abbey Award-winning sports call. Welcome back to Sports Call on this Wednesday afternoon. Ryan LaVoy, Brent Daughtry, and Tom Peavy with you here. Again, started a little bit late today because of that Auburn softball game, but I'm going to stick with you here till the normal 6 o'clock in time. And now we go back to the Auburn Bank phone line, and we're very excited to bring on Brian Matthews of Auburn Rivals joining us now on this Wednesday edition of Sports Call. Brian, uh, the time is greatly appreciated. I assume that you uh, vastly enjoyed a certain soccer match this past weekend in which a touchdown was scored against Manchester United, but great to have you on the show again. Yeah, it's the most fun I've had in a while watching a <laughs> soccer match. Uh, Liverpool struggled this year, but they just put it all together against uh, Man United and beat them 7-0. And I've watched those highlights several times yeah. uh, because those goals are so incredible, all of them. Yeah, no, I I saw that it was uh, Liverpool had won seven nil, and I assumed that they had played something, you know, someone like Southampton or something, and then I realized that oh, it was Manchester United who has had a, a pretty good season, and yeah. uh, all of a sudden Liverpool now coming back up the standings up the fifth, so uh, Champions League still back within reach. That's right, and um, that would be amazing because I think a lot of people had them counted out, uh, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, but they're in fifth now, and. Uh, We'll see if they can move up a little bit. They've got um, Southampton, I think, this weekend, and then they they got to play um, Real Madrid Wednesday in the Champions League. We're already down 5-2 there, so that would be really tough to come back from that deficit. Uh, that That is a big deficit, but uh, we will see that fun time of year. Really, with all these sports now, as we transition into uh, March Madness and uh, the SEC tournament starting today, of course, Auburn starting tomorrow uh, with the Arkansas Razorbacks. What do you think overall of this first matchup, Brian? Because I know there were some different possibilities for the Tigers. They could have played Florida, could have played Mississippi State in the opening game, but they play an Arkansas team that is very talented but has just not really lived up to the billing this year. So, so what do you make of this draw for Auburn? I think this is a very interesting matchup. I think it's going to be a good game. If I was, you know, just commenting on the tournament as a whole and had to pick a, a dark horse, you know, to come from way back to make a run, it would probably be Arkansas just because they have so much talent and they have Nick Smith back, right? And they were preseason picked, you know, near the top of the conference and just underachieved most of the season, had some key injuries. Um, on the other hand, I look at Auburn, I see a team that's gotten better. Um, I'm writing a story for tomorrow, but part of that story mentions that uh, the first 25 games of the season, they shot around 29% from three-point range. They're shooting over 40% in the last uh, six games. I mean, that's a big, big turnaround. If they can keep that up, I think they can play with just about anybody on their schedule. You know, and Janai Broom making threes, that opens things up at the top of the key there when when he's coming off those – pick and rolls with Wendell Green it opens up things for him and and when Green gets more space there to do his thing so you know I, I think things are starting to come together a little bit for this team they won a close game against Tennessee which gives them some uh, momentum and some confidence they can win a tight game so I'm anxious to see how they do too I think um, uh, they're to me are, are a much more exciting team than I thought they were going to be just a couple of weeks ago when you know it kept being the same thing over and over again that would get them beat 
Uh, what is the concern with Auburn playing in a in a different venue than Neville Arena? Because they have not won away from Auburn since January the twenty first. So that seems like that's got to be a concern for Auburn fans. Yeah, that's a great point. Although I think most of those road games have been pretty tough. I know they lost at Vanderbilt and I guess Georgia. You know, meh. but that happens. Um, yeah. I, I don't know how to how to really answer that question well. They have not played well on the road, but um, you know I'm not sure that's going to have effect. Uh, you know, tomorrow night, you know, both teams are away from home. If I had to guess, the crowd would probably swing toward Auburn because of the 50-50. You know, I think Nashville's a pretty good Auburn town. It's easy access to Auburn fans that just want to go up uh, 65 North. So, um, you know, I think it'll be a pretty good atmosphere. I like the time at six o'clock, and if they they win, they get A&M at 6 o'clock. So that's, that's a good time for them to play, I, I feel like. And um, I'm just really excited to see them play. I think um, I love March, of course, except for the pollen. <laughs> and, um, you know, I love tournament play. So it's, 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 I think this should be an exciting um, SEC tournament. I think it's fairly wide open. Uh, so maybe we'll have... You know, maybe we'll have some fun and exciting matches starting with Auburn, Arkansas. Yeah, and, and I and I guess I should say to be fair, I mean, in Auburn's last road game, they were up by seventeen. Granted, it didn't yeah, it didn't right. it didn't work out too well for them in the end of that, but they were up by seventeen in a very hostile environment. But uh, uh, when you when you're looking at this Auburn team uh, against Arkansas, and, you, and we think about defense, defense really ruled the day for Auburn against Arkansas in their first matchup. Mm-hmm. Uh, how crucial is the defense, uh, especially knowing Auburn or knowing Arkansas has the uh, the shooters and the offense that they that they have? That how big is Auburn's defense going to be in this one? It's big. I think Arkansas was two of sixteen from three point range yeah. against Auburn. They they set in that uh, zone and was really effective. Um, you know, Bruce Pearl said that that game plans out the window because of Nick Smith. He makes a difference. I, I don't necessarily completely believe it. I think they will use the zone. Um, but maybe they can't sit in it for 40 minutes, you know what I'm saying? So um, they have to mix it up, and they do have to be a little bit more concerned about Arkansas's outside shooting than they did, than they had to be, you know, a month or so ago when they first played them. Um, and I think the other concern, or the biggest uh, concern for Auburn against Arkansas is just the same thing that's been causing Auburn trouble all year is Arkansas's guards uh, with size, with length, um, and Auburn has really struggled to to play against those teams that, that can defend the perimeter with their length and that, um, you know, have guys that can drive and finish at the rim. Um, so we'll see. Uh, Auburn's gotten better in, in those areas, sure, and it helps when they can start hitting threes. It, it, it changes the way teams can defend them. Um, so it should be an interesting matchup. I, I really would not be surprised if it goes either way, and I really think this could be a, a very uh, competitive game. Brian, let's say Auburn does make it past Arkansas. Next up will be Texas A&M, the two seed in the SEC, a team that you're 0-2 against, but you still feel like you've got a pretty good matchup against. Talk a little bit about the Aggies. Well, I thought Texas A&M just completely outplayed Auburn in Auburn. And then I think it was a week later, or or, or maybe it was two weeks later, Auburn goes to College Station, I thought played better. And, um, you know, it was a much more competitive game. So, I think those two things uh, might give Auburn a little bit more confidence uh, if they do make it to the next round. And, uh, you know, I, I think sometimes teams like A&M, which are in the tournament this year, right, last year they were fighting and still didn't make it in, even though they made it to the championship game. Um, teams like that that also 
um, have won, have beaten the team twice. You know, I, I think it's just um, human nature to have a little bit of a letdown uh, when that happens. Talking to Brian Matthews, Auburn Rivals, on this Wednesday edition of Sports Call. Brian, one more basketball before we go into baseball. Big picture for the Tigers. Uh, there's obviously a lot of debate pre-Tennessee game where Auburn stood in the NCAA tournament picture. Are you of the opinion that that solidified them into the tournament, or do you believe that they were already a, a very high chance of being in, even with a loss? Just where where did the Tigers mm-hmm. kind of stand in your eyes, and just how vital was that Tennessee game? Well, I think everybody has them eight or nine-ish, you know, somewhere in that area now. So I think they're definitely in now. Were they in if they lost to Tennessee? I just don't know. I, I think it would have been really, really tight, you know. And I think, um, you know, Coach Pearl and the team felt like if they beat Tennessee, get that quad one win, um, they would solidify it. I think that's what they did. Um, you know, I think if it had gone the other way, they would be coming this tournament really concerned and really feeling like they, they would need to make some sort of a run or something. So uh, I think they're comfortably in it now. You know, they're not going to be a high seed, and, you know, being an 8-9 is not the best position to be in, right? If you get past that first-round game, you know what's coming, number one seed, you know, if it's out west or wherever it is. Um, so maybe if they could make a run in the tournament, they could help themselves. Although, uh, you know, from what I've seen in the past, unless you win a conference tournament, they don't seem to have that much of an effect on – on decisions that the committee makes. It seems like they make a lot of decisions, you know, today and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. And, and what happens, you know, necessarily Saturday and Sunday in these conference tournaments don't make as big a difference. Definitely agree with you there. We, we've seen some uh, – we've talked a little, a little bit this week about uh, CBS kind of being a little bit transparent with the, the, the selection process this past weekend, and they're already starting the seed teams by Friday and yep. Saturday. So exactly, uh, definitely agree with you there. So let's transition into baseball. This team 10-1-1. It's going to be a little bit annoying to say the, the, the three numbers all year yeah. long because of the tie, but nevertheless, understand because of USC's travel schedule, that's how it went down. But 12 games into this thing, uh, hard to pick at too much for the Tigers, at least with a, a pretty spotless record. Uh, what have you made in, in this team overall? And uh, I, I know that USC opportunity was going to be really big to go out, go out to SoCal and play USC, but obviously the Tigers took full advantage when they got to play them here. So just kind of recap the season for us and some general thoughts on this team so far. Well, I really like offensively um, how this team plays and the potential to even get better. You know, I think you've seen over the last week Chris Stanfield get an opportunity uh, to gain the starting lineup and really make a, a positive impact there on offense, and the guy who's also a really good defender. Um, another another freshman like Irish is unlike many freshmen I've, I've covered in any sport at Auburn. He is just a, you know, a, a terrific talent, but also has that incredible mentality of, of somebody who's you know 10 years older. You know, he's just so mature. Um, so offensively, I think this team is going to be pretty good and very competitive. And, you know, moving like Irish to first sort of opens up things in the outfield at DH where you can get you know, those four good outfielders that Auburn has, Stanfield, Bobby Pierce, Kaysen Howell, Justin Kirby in the game at one time, which I think is important. Um, and I think the pitching staff is still coming together. You know, Tommy Vale has had two really good uh, midweek starts. They're going to move him to the weekend coming up. I don't know exactly how they can do it. You know, he he threw, um, I think it was, it was almost, it was 5.2 innings last night. So if he does throw this weekend, it'll probably just be a couple innings in relief, 
and then have him ready to go as a starter maybe for Arkansas. Uh, Joseph Gonzalez, who's missed the last couple of starts, threw a bullpen Tuesday. Everything went well, but they wanted to give him two pull bins before he went back into the uh, starting lineup. So that looks like it won't be until Arkansas um, until he can, you know, return as that Saturday starter, which is big, big, really big for Auburn. And, um, you know, we'll see how everything else, you know, revolves around that pitching staff. But I, I felt like um, at the start of the season, it was going to be a pitching staff that was going to have to grow as the season went on. I think we're seeing that. But they really need Joseph Gonzalez right there in the middle of a weekend, you know, to give them that seven, eight uh, plus innings there. And so, so you don't get to Sunday and you have, you know, you have to go to your eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh uh, pitcher there, um, where you tend to get knocked around a little bit. And yeah, Brian, I, I think when you're looking at comparing this team so far to last year's team, or at least what they had coming back, I think people focused a lot on the Sunny to share a part of it, but didn't realize that maybe there was a lot of depth that was leaving the the, the pitching rotation. And so yep. to kind of stay on the topic of Joseph Gonzalez, just how worried are you about his health? Because this was an issue coming into the season. He got to pitch one game, and he was damn good in that game, but now has been out of rotation the last couple of weeks. So just w- what is your worry level uh, on the health of Joseph Gonzalez and if they're going to be able to utilize him the way they want to throughout SEC play? You know, I think the positive there is they had an MRI and everything was fine. So as far as I know, there's no structural damage. It's just some soreness, some tightness, uh, you know, in his back shoulder area. So I think that's a plus. And, and, you know, all the experts are saying, you know, he just needs to, you know, rest it and then come back and build it back up. So um, as long as that stays the case, then, you know, I feel fairly confident they're going to get him back and get him rolling here. Uh, once SEC play gets gets going, but you know you never know with pitching and injuries. Um, so there's always that in the back of your mind where you're a little worried about it. Sure, but um, I think he's a big key to this season. If they can get him back, if he can get up to you know that seven or eight innings, um, you know a start on a Saturday, that just takes so much pressure off the rest of that pitching staff, and it'll really allow them to come together if he can do that. Talking to Brian Matthews here of Auburn Rivals here on this Wednesday edition of Sports Call. Brian, obviously a busy time of year with Auburn Athletics. You got basketball starting to wrap up, baseball in full season. We got a break in the action with spring ball, but it's a great time to join you and the crew at Auburn Rivals. What can they come to expect as we go throughout the spring of everything uh, you guys are putting out? I appreciate it. And, you know, football will be back on Monday, and we'll talk to you, Freeze, and get to go out there and see them after a little break for. Uh, you know, trips to the beach or home or wherever they decided to go. and um, uh, But we'll have plenty of coverage of that. Football recruiting, uh, basketball, of course, in March, and uh, baseball and softball. All that more, AuburnSports.com. You can follow me on Twitter at BMATAU. Brian, as always, the time is greatly appreciated. Enjoy conference and NCAA tournament season, and we'll talk again soon. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Brian Matthews right there, AuburnSports.com and Auburn Rivals joining us on this edition of Sports Call. Just a couple minutes left in the hour, so we'll stay right here. But uh, obviously, guys, uh, this time of year, you've got a lot of things kind of overlapping. We've not talked spring ball in a few days because they obviously are off, off on spring break right now. But uh, you, you got really the top, you know, the three biggest headlining sports right now all having something relevant going on, and, and that makes it uh, for a busy time of year. Absolutely. I mean, spring ball, spring ball is always fun, right? Because you, you, everything is possible and nothing has gone wrong yet. You know, so you're looking at it and you're going, man, this guy looks bigger, faster, stronger. 
quarterbacks look great. Everybody looks great. Everybody took strides in the offseason. The weightlifting program is doing amazing. You have all of that right now. Uh, and it's infuriating because I just love football and I want football to be here and it's not here. Um, but yeah, you've got baseball, basketball, softball, women's basketball still has a chance to make the NIT uh, and all of it going on at the same time. And it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun, man, especially as good as baseball and softball look to be early in the year. I know softball lost earlier today, but as good as those two two sports look to be uh, throughout the seasons that they have had so far and basketball getting to single elimination time, that's that's always exciting. So we, you know, we're we're really picking up at the end of basketball here, and the batted ball sports are looking pretty good too. Yeah, I know, and it was a frustrating one with softball today, but still withstanding only three losses on the season. We will see how they get into conference play. Obviously, the SEC is loaded. Auburn was picked ninth in softball, yet they were a top twenty-five team. Uh, that, that gives you the kind of depth of the SEC, uh, and we it's all it really makes things exciting because my stance is look. Obviously, we know football is king here, but but Auburn does a good job of rallying around their other sports, too. It makes it easier to rally around when Auburn's successful, sure. But what also makes it easier is that this league is so damn good at everything oh, yeah. that there's all these big matchups year-round in, in all these various sports. Auburn Gymnastics has had some really big meets uh, with Florida and LSU, with other Olympians involved, with obviously SUNY lead Auburn and, uh, and, and everything at Florida and LSU. And then you have uh, softball that's just constantly going to play top 25 teams, baseball that's constantly going to play Top 25 teams, number one, LSU is supposed to come in here uh, at, at some point this year to Plainsman Park. That's going to be a huge series and and all the hype around that. And so you really get these marquee matchups uh, year-round in all these sports. And you know, if, if you had a situation where I'm going to single them out, I'm not trying to be testy towards this conference, but if, if you're the Big Ten – and you're just not any good at baseball. Look, they're a good basketball league and and obviously a really good football league, but they don't play good baseball in the Big Ten. There's only a couple good programs there. You know, you, you might go a little quieter on, on campus a little quicker when it comes to the athletic calendar because of something like that softball kind of same thing for the Big Ten. They got one or two really good programs, uh, but but not the same depth that the SEC would have and not the same depth of quality matchup year-round. Yeah, and I tell you what, I know that everybody's excited about Texas and Oklahoma coming to the SEC because of football, but those two baseball and softball programs are all-timers. They're going to add to this, too. Absolutely. Out of time for hour number two. Appreciate Brian Matthews for joining us there. More of your phone calls when we come back at 334-887-341 locally. Also, right now, four tickets to Auburn Gymnastics this Friday against Penn State. If you call in right now, you get four free tickets, 334-887-3401. You can win four tickets to Auburn versus Penn State M Gymnastics this Friday night in Neville Arena. Out of time for hour number two. We'll be right back after this. Two hours of sports call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. 
Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call starting right now. Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm. Good times being had in the studio. Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, and Brant Daughtry. I don't know if what Tom's laughing at can be discussed, but uh, I'm glad that you're laughing, sir. Oh, no, I was laughing because, like, right as we were going on there, I was just kind of, like, groaning. I did the old man the old man grunt as I was sitting up in my chair, and I was just, all right, let's power through this last hour. <laughs> and then you're, like, right on the show. I was like, I hope they didn't hear that. Oh, no, we did not. <laughs> uh, but thank you for being uh, full disclosure right sure. there. Uh, but, so it's you know, nice to talk to yourself every now and then. There you go. One more hour of the show. Again, we start a little bit late because of Auburn softball, so we started around 3.30 today. And so uh, that is why we have still yet to do today's birthdays in sports. So let's get to that right now. It's time for today's birthdays in sports. Birthdays in sports presented by White or presented by Max Credit Union. Excuse me. Two convenient locations to serve you. One location on Gay Street in Auburn, the other on Frederick Road in Opelika. Let Max Credit Union help you with all of your banking needs. Hines Ward turns 47 today. Former wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers, selected in third round, the 98 draft by the Steelers out of Georgia. Two-time Super Bowl champion. He's a great wide receiver, Super Bowl 40 MVP, three-time second-team All-Pro, four-time Pro Bowler, member of the Steelers' all-time team, Hall of Honor and Hall of Fame. While at UGA, Ward was a 1997 first-team All-SEC selection, second-team All-SEC, and an Outback Bowl champion in 1998. Here, so I got to watch him play at Georgia back in my Georgia fan days. But a really cool thing with him is he played – multiple positions at Georgia. He played quarterback, wide receiver, and running back. And um, and there was one season uh, they'd had injuries at quarterback and forced him into the QB role. But uh, he had two different helmets um, that he would wear. So uh, if he was playing wide receiver, he had a helmet with a different mask on that was shorter of jaw protection. And then when he played quarterback, he would put a different helmet on that had a longer mask to protect his jaw. So depending on what position he would play, he had two different helmets. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, talk about a multi-role guy. I mean, Heinz Ward was this. Could do a little bit of everything. So Heinz Ward turns 47 today. Steve Sarkeesian turns 49, current head coach of the Texas Longhorns, former offensive coordinator for the Alabama Crimson Tide and Atlanta Falcons. Also was the head coach of the Washington Huskies and USC Trojans. Two-time national champion as an assistant. Three-time Pac-10 champion. Two-time SEC champion. Steve Sarkeesian turns 49, soon to be back in the Southeastern Conference, assuming he is the head coach in two years. Kenny the Jet Smith turns 58, current NBA analyst for Inside the NBA on TNT, and former NBA point guard selected six overall in the 1987 NBA draft by the Sacramento Kings out of North Carolina. Also played for the Atlanta Hawks, Houston Rockets, Detroit Pistons, Orlando Magic, and Denver Nuggets. Two-time NBA champion, 1988 NBA All-Rookie first-teamer at Carolina. Smith was a 1987 consensus first-team All-American and All-ACC selection, second-team All-ACC as well. His number 30 jersey is honored by the Tar Heels. Kenny the Jet Smith turns 58 today. And Jim Rice turns 70, former left fielder and designated hitter for the Boston Red Sox. 
He was an eight-time MLB All-Star, 1978 American League MVP, two-time Silver Slugger Award winner, three-time American League Home Runs leader, two-time AL RBI leader, has his jersey number 14, retired by the Red Sox, member of the Red Sox Hall of Fame, inducted in the National Baseball Hall of Fame in 2009. Jim Rice turns 70 today, and those are the birthdays in sports presented by Max Credit Union. Again, Heinz Ward, 47, Steve Sarkeesian, 49, Kenny the Jet Smith, 58, and Jim Rice, 70. Again, birthdays in sports right there. After the late start time today, after that Auburn softball game ran a little bit long. All right, all of our sports call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. And now let's go back to the Auburn Bank phone line at 334-887-341 locally or toll-free 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Next up on the show today, Keith from Auburn. Keith joins the program. Keith, how are you doing? Hey, guys, I'm doing outstanding. How about you? Doing, doing great. very well. Good deal. Hey, uh, i, I got to say, I, I was listening uh, to the show on the way home from Troy, and uh, – uh, snake from Pulaski, Arkansas, or Yellow, the foothills of Yellow Beller, uh Mountains <laughs> up there, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, he sure is worried about Auburn and Alabama, isn't he? That far away. Uh, I got I kind of got tickled when he said that uh, Arkansas is going to start five, three five-stars tomorrow. I mean, what, what's that mean? Nothing, really. A three-star can, can play just as well as a five-star. You know, just because you put five... Or, or three five stars in your lineup. Don't guarantee you're gonna win a basketball game. Not just, ask North Carolina that they probably got five in their lineup. Well, I was saying I just ask Kentucky. I mean, Kentucky loads <laughs> that roster. Calipari loads that roster with five stars, and and they've struggled big time this year. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know where he gets his information, but he better double check that information about some type of net ranking, all that stuff. But. uh you know, hey, I guess whatever floats his boat up there around the foothills uh, is, is good. You know, counts them up on their toes, I reckon. I, I don't know. I'm not going to go there with that, but we'll move forward. Uh, hey, I wanted to bring up a uh, – I read an article. I believe I read it today, uh, this morning, on uh, uh, the quarterback battle at Texas with uh, uh, Arch Manning coming in and um, – and then uh, Ewers or Ewers, ever how you yeah. pronounce yep. that, Ewers, I Quinn guess. Ewers, uh, yep. Yeah, Quinn. So, uh, you know, it was a pretty good article all around. It talked about the accolades of both both uh, quarterbacks. They were both five-star athletes coming out of high school. And, of course, you know, Ewers went to Ohio State for a year and then, then transferred. Uh, and I guess, did he play as a redshirt freshman last year at, at Texas? Or I, is he a was he a sophomore? I think last year he was classified as a redshirt freshman. I don't think he played yeah. at all at Ohio State. Yeah, because he, yeah. he he only was there at one year and he did not sit at Texas. So I I, I yeah I think redshirt freshman. Yeah. I'll double check though. Well, you know, and the article was really good. It, it talked about like I said, both of them's accolades and, and what they had done. You know, I, I think the key word there's a couple of key words in all of that when it comes to uh, the the battle for that position and and. Uh, uh, Sarkeesian said this is what he wants to see, uh, how both of them uh, perform under pressure and, you know, and, and, and through the process. Um, but the key word that, I'm, I, that I want to bring forward is with uh, Arch. He played private school football in, in Louisiana. I think it's Louisiana, where they're from, right? New Orleans? Yeah, yeah. yeah New Orleans. Uh, and, Ewers played, if I'm not mistaken, 
in the state of Texas in probably like the largest classification in high school. I, I'm not sure where Quinn played, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I know uh, uh, Arch Manning played at the same high school that Peyton and Eli and all of right. the, them played at. Right, and, and, and listen, I'm not down in Arch because he's probably going to be just as good as his uncles were uh, in time, but uh, this article kind of led it up and, and, and kind of closed with the same uh, perception that I would have. It would be very, very difficult, in my opinion, that Arch beats out yours for that starting position this year, just because he's got one year under his belt, as at, you know, at Texas. Uh, he's played high school uh, competition at, at a very high level. Uh, yeah, is Arch going to be good? He probably really will be good. Uh, but I think this year, I think it's yours' job to uh, to lose. And this is probably a resume building uh, season for viewers when it comes to the pro, you know, to the NFL and that type. So I would really be shocked if if Arch Manning beats him out for that, you know, on game, you know, opening day that he he's the one that runs out there under center uh, or under shotgun, whatever they want to call it nowadays. Yeah. But uh, but it was a really good, really good article. I, I mean, I am excited. Uh, about the SEC tournament. Let me tell you what I'm more excited about, what I witnessed last week. Uh, the Alabama High School Athletic Association, the, uh, the the basketball tournament, and being able to watch that, you know, on TV, um, watching uh, Hoover and Central Phoenix City play in that 7A state championship. Um, two totally different teams, you know, Central wants to push the ball up the up and down the floor. Um, Hoover doesn't have to necessarily do that. They got a Hoover's got a kid six foot nine or six foot ten that plays center for That's a sophomore, wow. and he looks like a defensive end. I mean, he he's not six ten and skinny. He is a muscular uh, young man, you know, and a great. Sees the court well, passes the ball well. I'm sure he's got probably several offers from SEC schools, probably Alabama and Auburn both. Um, and then the, the 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 kid from Central, Jacoby Hill. I know he received an offer over the weekend from Mississippi State, and I know he received one from University of Alabama. He's a sophomore. He averaged 35.6 points in the two. Uh, games that they played in Birmingham, the semifinal and the championship game. And I'm, I'm not sure of his height. Uh, he, he looked to be about 6'3", 6'4", 6'5", but they keep, the commentators kept talking uh, about if he if he continues to grow, that he could be 6'8", 6'9". And the way he handles the ball and, and handles himself, that he would just be a, could possibly be a phenom, you know, at the next level. Uh, very, very very talented, so I, I'm kind of curious to watch that. You know, how do you not see Hoover back at the, you know, in Birmingham next year? Because I think they lost two two starters. Their top three scorers were coming back, or top two scorers. Uh, Central Phoenix City starts five sophomores. Wow. You know, so uh, really, really impressive. And like I said, I want to give a shout out to Coach Marshawn Harper, uh, first school in Class 5A in Alabama State history to go undefeated. 
33 and 0 or 34 and 0. I don't remember which one it is. And guys, I believe he's got four of his five coming back next year. Yeah. But now there's also, is there, I, I did not know that this was happening until I was reading a Black Auburn news story about it, but uh, Valley High School, that may be the last of quote unquote Valley High School because I think they're merging yeah. or they're supposed to be merging with uh, Lafayette. Lafayette. Guys, you're talking about a talented, uh, some athletes in one school system. That's pretty impressive. Lafayette's always had great athletes. Uh, Valley has is, is, is had their fair share. Uh, and you you know you combine them two schools, um, they they'll be hard you know, really hard to deal with. Uh, I'm sure they'd be six A or, or seven A. I mean I don't know what what they'll go in classification wise, but uh, but you know they 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 were impressive. Uh, you know it's just uh, it's fun to watch these young uh, men and women you know uh, that are thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen years old out there playing at the level that they play basketball. I think Mars Hill had a girl that's in the seventh grade, and she looked like she was in college. I mean, that type of athlete. So, um, you know, uh, there's the, the state of Alabama, and ba- I know Alabama is a football state. I understand that. But we play really good basketball in the state of Alabama as well. There's no doubt about that when it comes to high school sure. uh, basketball. Uh, it, we've really come a long way. And, 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 you know, just like the announcers were talking about, Bart Hodge, uh, I listened to him. You know, he, he played I, I remember watching Bart Hodge play at Winfield High School in the 90s, okay? Uh, I went to Wallace State for the Northwest Regional to watch this kid play because I heard he averaged like 34, 35 points a game. I said, I want to see this kid play. Well, he didn't disappoint you. He, he, five foot ten, five foot eleven. The guy could shoot the lights out of a basketball. Was quick as a pickup. Okay, uh, you know he, he finished his career at Winfield and signed with Mississippi State. His freshman year, they go to the Final Four. He, he, he was there with that team that had Eric Dampier on it, uh, the six eleven center or whatever. Uh, in ninety six, ninety seven, I think it was ninety six that Mississippi State went to the Final Four. Uh, somewhere in the late 90s, uh, you know, and he's got something going on with basketball now. Uh, if you'll um, go to uh, Twitter and at Bart Hatch uh, and follow him, what he's doing in, in high school basketball now. And at, at one point, and I think in the, the early 2000, no, about 2013, 14, 15, he lived here in Auburn. Uh, he, 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 you know, I don't know what he did. It had something to do with like uh, medical sales or dental sales or something. He, he got his degree from, I think Mississippi State, but I think he got a business degree from Auburn University, if I'm not mistaken. So that's how I probably ended up here in Auburn. But I think he lives in Orange Beach now. Is what his profile says. But what he what he talks about about these kids and 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 and, and the basketball sense that he has. It's just really, uh, it's really impressive, you know, to to, uh, to listen to these guys talk about how great uh, State of Alabama is right now in high school basketball. So, uh, yeah, I would encourage all all of you to follow him on Twitter, Bart at Bart Hatch H Y C H E, and I think his company he started is uh, Hatch Hoops, 
you, you could probably Google that and read read a little more about him. But uh, he, he did a really good job. I don't know. I, I don't know if he was a color man or, or I don't know how you do the the radio stuff and announce games. Uh, you got a color man and you got somebody else that's play by play. Is that how that works? <laughs> Usually, yeah. Yep, exactly yeah. right. Yeah. So I don't know which one he was, but he did the the, the state tournament. Uh, but anyway, I, I really enjoyed that. But I just wanted to bring that out. I, you know, I think uh, I think Auburn's in a a pretty good position uh, to make the tournament. Uh, you know, Arkansas is a team that can be scary just because of their athleticism and how you know, like uh, Jason said, how big their guards are. And, and typically, Auburn struggles against bigger guards. But um, you know, here again, no matter if you're a five A. Um, you know, a five-star, four-star, three-star, uh, I don't measure your heart. So, yeah. um, you know, it's who wants it the, the, the most and goes out there and wins that ball game because you want to win in advance. That, that's where we're at right now in basketball, win in advance. But uh, I appreciate the tickets for uh, Friday. Uh, it's my birthday, so my grandkids, uh, my little granddaughter, she loves gymnastics. So we're fixing to put her in gymnastics. And uh, her eyes are going to be about the size of half dollars um, <laughs> when, when she gets in there and sees all that going on. And uh, we're, I'm looking forward to it. That kind of made my made my birthday day. How about that, guys? Well, that's awesome, so, Keith. And we do wish you a happy birthday, sir. And uh, I appreciate that. We uh, we also appreciate you listening to us and, and calling the show. Well, I, I appreciate that. Y'all guys do a great job. And I'll tell you right now, the older you get, and 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 Steve will attest to this. Those birthdays get quicker and quicker and quicker. So all I would tell you from uh, an encouragement standpoint is when you're young, take care of your body. Yes, sir. It's so important. It's so important. And y'all, y'all guys, Tom, you know, you're, you're kind of straddling the fence there. So <laughs> uh, you need to take care of yourself, too. But them, them younger guys that's in their 20s there, take care of your body and eat good good food and, and do what's right i mean in the long run it's going to pay off for you so uh, but guys great job keep up the great work um you know looking forward to this sec tournament it's probably going to be a lot of fun and uh hopefully everybody's team wins how about that that would be that would be good with us y'all have a great day you too keith happy birthday thank you that is keith from auburn joining us on the auburn bank phone line appreciate keith for calling in there uh, talking a little high school basketball in the state. I was not as locked in this year on high school basketball in the state as I have been in some years past, uh, but uh, did see that Hoover Central Phoenix City score and Keith had uh, called in and uh, or you know, had a couple calls previous weeks about Valley uh, being undefeated uh, and uh, they they were able to finish that off. So it was a good high school basketball season and uh, they are trying to grow high school basketball in the state and. Obviously, as Keith pointed out, football still still king, but uh, that doesn't mean a few good basketball players can't come out come out too. Yeah, you know, you talk about the the amount of athletes that come out of certain states. I mean, Georgia, Florida, Texas, California tend to dominate that statistic. But you know, for for my money, the the per capita of Alabama is is pretty insane. Solid. the 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 population of the state is not massive, but there are a lot of really good athletes that come out of this state, just not as many, you know? Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, at some point, uh, this has been in the uh, 
sometimes I screenshot stuff that I want to talk about in the show just later down the road. At some point, I'll do a segment on uh, – 247 had re-ranked the uh, top 300 and where all the or top 150 something like that and ranked out where all uh, the the recruits what what state they hailed from and a couple surprising things on there for this coming class that I want to talk about so we'll get to that down the line for now though we got to go back to the Auburn Bank phone line 334-887-3401 locally or toll free one triple eight nine tiger nine next up on the show today James from Montgomery James joins us James how are you doing I'm good and War Eagle. War Eagle. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I know that Auburn is going to be playing uh, against Arkansas, so I think we might make some. Uh, we Because I know we're playing against the Arkansas Razorbacks, so I know we're going to be making some uh, some barbecue ribs or, or pork rinds or whatever after the game when we beat Arkansas tomorrow. So I think this is going to be a hot game for Auburn because I, I looked at the uh, – I looked at, like, who's who's going to actually come out. And I will say uh, that Auburn will win because we have uh, Janiah Broom. We have, um, you know, uh, um, one of the guys that can actually shoot uh, a, a really good deep – three-point shot for Auburn. Um, I think it's Janiah uh, Kessler or somebody like that. Uh, Wendell, Wendell Green, Green Jr., uh, probably. Yes, uh, yes, yes. Wendell Green Jr. and uh, the other guy that can uh, throw it really good, that could shoot it really good as well. Yeah, uh, Jalen Williams, yeah. maybe. Katie Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I'm looking at those. I'm looking at those guys tomorrow because I think uh, with uh, with uh, Katie Johnson, I probably see him, you know, playing in the NBA or in the G League sometime real soon. Um, he, he looks like a he looks like a future NBA star for the NBA as well. Maybe see him play for the Los Angeles Lakers or the Los Angeles Clippers, just to name those two teams off off the board as well. Those are two of the 30 teams in the NBA, and uh, I, I think that KD has uh, a lot of work to do to make it to that level. I, I don't think there's any uh, obvious pros on this Auburn basketball team like there's been in years past, but uh, certainly with through the G League and that sort of thing, you can still carve out a professional career even if you uh, don't make it all the way up to the NBA. But, yeah, we're getting really excited about that game. That game taking place tomorrow at 6 o'clock. So we're just about 24 hours away. Yeah, so um, I'm looking at this game. I'm thinking, because I know this is going to be on a neutral site in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. So I think with Auburn at the second half of that game, I think Auburn will have uh, the score would be uh, 58 to 28 in the second half of that game. And uh, with a few minutes left in the second quarter of that game, it will be all Auburn coming out with, you know, uh, you know, Janiah Broom, you know, sweeping up the game at the end, like when, when the game is almost uh, over as well. Yeah, trying to sweep up the glass and, and get all those rebounds. Yeah, absolutely. Auburn's going to need him. Uh, to have a big impact around the rim as Arkansas tries to drive a lot. It's going to be important for him not to get in foul trouble tomorrow as well. Yes, that's all. And then on Friday, I will be watching a great gymnastics on Friday night uh, with Auburn. Um, 
uh, doing the alumni uh, meet of Penn State. I wish I was there in person because I'm a huge uh, Auburn gymnastics fan. And um, if I was there in person, I would uh, get something, you know, for me uh, supporting those ladies for so much, so many different things they've done. Uh, with gymnastics and uh you know getting getting to get something from you know from the University of Auburn for me as being a huge uh fan of of that sport as well at Auburn. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be a a big meet on Friday, be the last time that some of those girls will compete in Neville Arena. Obviously got postseason play coming up after that, but uh will be a a big meet for sure on Friday. I think a lot of people are looking forward to it. Yeah, because I've I've, um, I mean, I've, I do have some uh, gymnasts that I actually watch, like Sunisa Lee and, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, the the one that can really dance really good. I think it's, uh, uh, I can't pronounce her first name. Yeah, Dar- Dar- Darian Goburn. Yeah, Darian Goburn. Yes, because when, when I watch her, I'm like, when I watch Gilbert, I'm always dancing when she's dancing. I'm moving when she's moving because she's one of my favorite favorite gymnasts of 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 the whole thing. She's like the glue to keep that team together as well. Yeah, Darion Goburn uh, has meant a lot to Auburn <clears throat> over uh, a, a long career. Uh, she's been incredible. Uh, I know you're referencing the floor routine. There has been a, a strong suit of hers, and uh, we look forward to her and. And everyone else competing uh, this weekend and, and throughout the postseason. Yes, as well. And then I'm looking, um, you know, for the A Day game. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, coming back to uh, Jordan Hare Stadium and uh, seeing what we were going to, what we're really going to improve in 2023 as well. And I think with our quarterback, I think with uh, Robert Robert Ashford, I know he's um, going to. I think he's going to do good this year. I think he's really going to do good this year as well. Yeah, we, we hope that Robbie Ashford can uh, to develop, especially as a passer. That's something that Hugh Freeze is going to be very important for him to be able to start working on this summer. We'll see if Auburn brings in any more competition for Ashford, but certainly going to need to improve the passing game and, and figure out how to balance the run and pass. Yes, because I think with this uh, football season right around the corner, um, I, I probably see a actually making it back to uh, a Birmingham Bowl this year and I think it's going to be one one story that a lot of people are going to really uh, really appreciate as well and I can't wait to be back in Jordan-Hare Stadium and see uh, some of the new improvements that they put to the stadium as well. Yeah, Auburn uh, obviously wanting to improve off of last year in which they did not make a bowl game, and uh, very rare for Auburn not to be able to do that. So just making a bowl game will be improvement from last year, but obviously the goal is to to reach higher than that uh, at some point. Well, what else is on your mind, James? Well, I am actually going to be watching a lot of college basketball games. I got uh, North Carolina uh, winning it, so I'm just seeing. I'm just going to see if North Carolina might pull up an upset, and if they do, I'm going to put uh, North Carolina in my March Madness bracket with Duke. So I would like to see those two uh, match up this year, and I might put. Um, I'm thinking about putting like Gonzaga, like at a two or a three seed as well. 
and I might put, um, I would like to put like Florida. So I'm probably going to see how Florida would do tomorrow because I know they they play tomorrow. So I'm just going to see if Florida can actually win, and and when they if they win, they'll play Alabama. So I'll pick Florida again to uh, win their second time against Alabama as well. Yeah, it'll be a tough road for Florida uh, without Colin Castleton. Uh, that would be a, a pretty major upset. I, I, I think Mississippi State's got a good chance of beating them, but certainly if they were to beat Alabama, that would be a, a huge upset. So not not really anticipating that. I agree with you, though, with Gonzaga being a two or three seed. They've actually played really well, been sneaky good, and uh, won the their conference tournament last night. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's here, James, of March Madness, all these conference tournaments, and then Selection Sunday coming up. Uh, this weekend, it's a, it's a very exciting time for college basketball. Yeah, because I'm actually every time when March Madness comes around, I'm always waiting for Selection Sunday, so that way I can know I can like know who I want to pick for my bracket, and then I watch the ESPN bracketology, so that way I can know uh, what teams I'm looking for, what I'm what what teams I'm looking for for that particular spot and where should I what what should I do correctly and what should I what should I do and what should I not do for March Madness as well so I won't mess up my bracket this year. It is awful hard to to keep a good bracket as a, a lot of people know they've had brackets busted pretty quickly and but it's something that we all uh, enjoy doing. Well, we've got to take another break here in just a second, James, because we've uh, we're starting to run low on time for the show. But we certainly okay. uh, we certainly appreciate you calling in, and uh, I know that you've been wanting that Hall of Fame trivia. But if we could hold that mm-hmm. uh, till tomorrow, we'll do that that NFL Hall of Fame trivia for you. All right, sounds good. And War Eagle, War Eagle, that is James from Montgomery joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Need to take another time out. We'll start to wrap up the show right after this commercial break on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. The Sports Call crew wants to hear from you. Give us a phone call at 334-887-3401. Now back to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome back to Sports Call on this Wednesday. Ryan LaVoy, Brant Daughtry, and Tom Peavy. Last seven or eight minutes of the show today. It's been a fun one. It's been active on the Auburn Bank phone line. We also appreciate Brian Matthews for joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line as well. We want to remind you that all of our Sports Call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Again, just seven or eight minutes left in the show. Uh, do want to 
bring things full circle. Very early on in the show today, we mentioned the possibility that Jim Beheim could be retiring after all uh, after the Wake Forest game. And a few minutes after we said that, he did, in fact, retire. Uh, one of uh, – and look, I know recency changes – you know, has not has not been good in Syracuse, but still one of the uh, all time coaches in college basketball, Jim Beheim retiring. Uh, they're going to promote their assistant Adrian Autry to become uh, their their new head coach. I just wonder if they're going to run two three zone. That's that's really all I care <laughs> about. Uh, not many people, not anyone to the degree Beheim has tried to run a zone for his entire career, and you know. I don't pretend that I watched every Syracuse game, although I consumed them a decent amount being in the ACC and playing Carolina a couple times a year and, and that sort of thing. But I imagine that part of the, the reason Syracuse has just not been as good the last decade or so is the shooting has just ramped up so much more. The, the zone likes to discourage the inside play and encourage the outside play. Well, if the outside play is getting better. It's a, a little easier to score on that zone. and. Uh, I can certainly think of times where they've just been shot to death, uh, where they they just they get ten threes rained on them from the outside, and they ain't changing their defense. Not going to happen. Yeah. It's going to be a zone. Uh, but Beheim still won over a thousand games in his college career, uh, which is remarkable. Only I think the one national championship with Carmelo Anthony, uh, early two thousands. But uh, he he is walking away today uh, from Syracuse, and also one more bit of irony there. Uh, it was just a month ago where Bayheim had criticized, of all teams and programs, Wake Forest for buying their basketball team this year because of NIL. Wake Forest is who ended the career of Jim Bayheim today. So uh, with that, I uh, want to preview, unless you want to have something on Bayheim. All I was going to say is watching Jabari Smith just jaw at him and yeah. embarrass him for an entire game was awesome. And that's really the only way Jim Beheim has ever affected me. So, <laughs> uh, obviously, Syracuse formerly the Big East when it was at its heyday, and then being the ACC the, the last 10, 15 years or so, uh, not a whole lot of run-ins with friends from New York. Also, I will say one more favorite thing of Jim Beheim of mine, which is not so favorite, is that uh, Beheim, despite not being at an institution that was anywhere near the Atlantic Coast Conference when it was formed, nor in its heyday. Uh, felt that the tournament should not be in the state of North Carolina, that they should be holding the ACC tournament in uh, Shocker, New York, near Syracuse. So, uh, Bayheim will not be as missed as some other all-time greats the way he's acted <laughs> the last few years. We'll leave it at that. But a uh, couple games in the SEC tournament tonight before we let you go again. We'll have more breakdown of Auburn, Arkansas, and we'll also be in the middle of all these SEC and ACC tournaments because they'll have to play all day tomorrow. But we're just a few minutes left. There are two games to kick off the SEC tournament in Nashville's Bridgestone Arena tonight. Again, I know they're in general yawn fest, but we will mention them. 13-seeded Ole Miss takes on 12-seeded South Carolina. That's the game that's tipping in about 15 or 20 minutes. And then 30 minutes after that one, it will be 14-seeded LSU. 11-seeded Georgia, and more than anything, I'm not really interested in the results per se, but just a little commentary on these programs that that had such a rough year. Uh, Not surprised to see South Carolina down here, although maybe the fact that they're technically the 12, uh, they did well to do that. Um, Ole Miss, obviously in the middle of a coaching change, things just did not work out with Kermit Davis. 
LSU was is probably the surprise team on here for me. They they started just like any other SEC team, really like ten and two in non conference play. Obviously, you know there's some sort of facade there because they they had some weaker competition, but did beat Wake Forest, who's going to go to the NIT probably, and 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 look to at least be competent. And then they end up the absolute worst seeded team in the SEC. So I, I I know that to some. Yes, because of the Will Wade stuff, it makes sense that LSU's down here. But just I, I was under some sort of illusion, I guess, that they were going to at least be a little more respectable and not be dead last in a conference that contains Ole Miss in South Carolina. Uh, but but nevertheless, Ole Miss, to me, maybe what's standing out about being the absolute worst team here. Yeah, that is interesting to me. But it, it's not t- totally shocking because you got to remember, around the time that Will Wade got fired – the McMahon, I think, was the, is the coach's name who came in. Came in from uh, where? Where? Did, Wichita State? Is that where he was? No, uh, uh, let me double check. Any, anyway, he brought in two players with him, and those were the only players he had on his roster for a while. They did not have anybody on that team, and he had to go out. He had to transfer portal guys. He had to go get guys that weren't already committed elsewhere. It, it was a rough go for him, and I think he's a really good coach. Murray State. Murray Matt State. McMahon, thank yeah. you, um, Matt McMahon. Yeah. And yeah, I think Matt McMahon's a really good coach. I think you look at his track record at. Murray State, and he's he's a good coach, and he just didn't have enough time to get a really solid roster or any kind of roster at all, and it, it kind of fell apart for him down at the end, uh, down down the end stretch, I guess. Um, I, I think LSU is not going to be at the bottom for very long. I did think they would be better than South Carolina this year, but uh, you know, and Ole Miss obviously firing Kermit Davis in the middle of the year, but I, I, not super shocking. But I thought they'd be, I thought they would be closer to tenth than last, but. Yeah, I, I don't think LSU is going to be down on the bottom for very long. Yeah, I don't either. Tom, uh, of those four teams, anything stick out to you? Um, Ole Miss versus yeah. South Carolina and LSU and Georgia? No, not really, just because, I mean, there's a reason they're these first four playing. Um, it, it's To me, it's a contest to see who's going to get beat next. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, Ole Miss, South Carolina, both – just not good teams right uh south carolina started playing a little better um uh, you know carolina yeah, I, a team that a team that beat kentucky right i i thought starting sec play they'd end up one of like the five worst teams in the country yeah like as far as power conference teams are concerned but right. they ended up winning a few sec games at the end yeah. of the day so um yeah i kind of got to give them the the nod there the lsu georgia game again lsu just awful uh just a terrible terrible team this year so you got to give Georgia the nod there, um, but yeah, uh, out of those four, you know, it, it, then it's just a matter of who's going to get beat. Because uh, uh, now, whoever wins that LSU Georgia game, a little bit of a better path because then they yeah. get Vanderbilt. I was about to say, Red Robbins very, is out. Very yeah. Very, so. so whoever wins that one has a very good shot of of getting to Kentucky, uh, and then after that, good luck to you. Yeah. Um, you know, whoever wins that one between Ole Miss, South Carolina, they got to turn around and play Tennessee. So, not you know a good path there for whichever one of those teams win. But uh, just looking at it, I, I have to go. Uh, got to go with the favorites there. I got to go South Carolina in the first game, and got to go with Georgia in the second game. Time for a nightly TV guy, and then we'll get out of here. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide. Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide, presented by White Claw Hart. Sells for 6 o'clock, ESPN Toots, the ACC tournament, Boston College versus North Carolina. Carolina got to have it if they want any chance of making the tournament. 
Six o'clock on ESPNU in the Big 12, West Virginia and Texas Tech. West Virginia's had a good last couple weeks to solidify their spot. Some college baseball, six o'clock on ESPN Plus. It's Auburn and Jacksonville State, that one in Jacksonville. Then NHL at 6.30, Chicago Blackhawks, Detroit Red Wings. And 6.30, a movie pick for you on FX. It is Deadpool 2, starring Ryan Reynolds. I believe they're in the process of making a third one. Correct. Uh, which I surely will watch in a timely manner once it arrives in theaters. Please don't water it down, Disney. <laughs> and that is Force Call's nightly TV guide, presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer. Tom, thank you for being here today and this week. Yeah. Hope you have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. Absolutely. Enjoyed it. And Brant, uh, thank you for being here today. We will see you again tomorrow. Thank you so very much for having me. We also thank Brian Matthews of Auburn Rivals for joining the show today. And as always, we thank those that tuned in and called in. For Brant Daughtry and Tom Peavy, my name is Ryan Lavoy. Enjoy the college basketball tonight, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.